This episode of the God Chaser podcast is proudly sponsored by God Chaser Apparel, the clothing line designed to empower and inspire your spiritual journey. Are you a God Chaser at heart? Do you want to share your passion for pursuing God with the world? God Chaser Apparel has got you covered, literally. With a wide range of stylish, high-quality clothing and accessories, you can wear your faith proudly and spark conversations about your pursuit of God's presence. From bold statement tees to cozy hoodies, sleek hats, and much more, God Chaser Apparel has something for everyone. Plus, every purchase supports our mission to inspire and encourage fellow believers on their journey toward a deeper relationship with Christ. Visit GodChaser.Faith today to explore our collection and find the perfect piece to express your passion for God. God Chaser Apparel, where faith meets fashion and the pursuit of God's presence becomes a lifestyle. Don't miss out. Head to GodChaser.Faith now and start wearing your faith boldly. Welcome to the God Chaser podcast, the ultimate destination for those yearning to cultivate a passionate, intimate relationship with God. Join your host, Evan Evans, as he explores the depths of scripture, shares inspiring testimonies, and provides practical guidance to help you become a true God Chaser. Discover the transformative power of pursuing God's presence and be inspired to reignite your spiritual journey. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts and get ready to embark on an adventure that will change your life forever. Welcome to the God Chaser Podcast. Let the chase begin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of God Chaser, where we dive deep into faith, life, and the teachings of the Bible. I'm your host, Evan Evans, and today we're tackling a topic that's close to many of our hearts, facing challenges as Christians. I must remind you all that we're not alone on this journey, no matter the nature of our challenges. Whether they're test challenges, satanic challenges, or challenges born out of a lack of wisdom, we're going to explore how to address them through the lens of our Christian faith. Let's dive in. Firstly, I want to focus on understanding the nature of our challenges. So the question is simply, why do Christians face challenges? Life, as we all know, is not a bed of roses, not even for Christians. It's a journey filled with both highs and lows. So why do we face challenges? The simplest answer lies in John chapter 16, verse 33, where Jesus says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The fact is, challenges and difficulties are part of the human experience. They are not exempted because of our faith. Rather, our faith equips us to deal with these trials. Some challenges may be tests of faith. Remember Abraham? He faced the unimaginable challenge of sacrificing his son Isaac. This test wasn't because of any wrongdoing on his part, but rather God was testing his faith, obedience, and trust in him. Genesis chapter 22. When we face such challenges, it's essential to lean even harder into our faith, trusting that God is with us and will see us through, as he did with Abraham. Satanic challenges are another category. Just because we are Christians doesn't mean that the devil won't try to sow seeds of discord, doubt, and despair. Jesus himself faced such challenges, as we read in the Gospels, where the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Our defense against these is the word of God, prayer, and steadfast faith, as demonstrated by Jesus during his temptation. Lastly, there are challenges due to our own lack of wisdom or understanding. In these cases, we have perhaps acted hastily, made poor decisions, or been led by our desires rather than God's wisdom. 
King David's affair with Bathsheba is a prime example, 2 Samuel chapter 11. These challenges serve as reminders that we need God's wisdom in all areas of our lives. To our listeners out there, as you're hearing this, reflect on the challenges you're facing right now. What category do they fall into? And more importantly, how is your faith equipping you to handle them? Now let's move on to the next segment of our discussion, faith versus name it, claim it. It's crucial to have a deep understanding of faith and how it contrasts with the name it, claim it concept. Faith, as defined in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This goes beyond simply acknowledging that God exists. It's a steadfast trust, a belief so strong that it can sustain us, even when our physical eyes can't see the fulfillment of God's promises. This faith is what allowed people like Noah to build an ark in anticipation of a flood when there had never been rain before, or Abraham to believe in becoming the father of many nations, even when he was old and childless. Our faith in God acknowledges His sovereignty and wisdom. It understands that our Heavenly Father knows what's best for us and that His timing is perfect. And so, even in times of challenge, we continue to trust and lean on Him. On the other hand, the name-it-claim-it principle, often associated with the prosperity gospel, suggests that through positive declarations or affirmations, we can bring about what we desire. However, the Bible teaches us that while God cares deeply about our desires, our relationship with Him isn't a transactional one. It's not a vending machine where we input our wishes and receive our requests. Instead, our relationship with God is about transformation. It's about us growing more into the image of Christ, about us conforming to God's will. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, as we've discussed earlier, reassures us that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. This isn't a promise that everything will go as we want, but it's a promise that God will use everything, both joys and challenges, to shape us, to help us grow, and to work towards our ultimate good. So while it's not wrong to ask God for things or to speak positively over our lives, we must always keep in mind that His ways are higher than ours, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9. Instead of focusing solely on what we want, we should focus on seeking God's will and aligning our hearts with His. Just like Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, we should pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. In this prayer, Jesus acknowledges the supremacy of God's will above our own. It's essential to remember that our faith should be rooted in God and His promises, rather than our desires or the circumstances around us. In this way, we will grow closer to Him, become more like Christ, and ultimately, experience His perfect peace and joy, even amidst life's challenges. Let's look at speaking into our situations as an important practice for Christians. Words, as we know, hold immense power. The Bible tells us that God spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. We, created in God's image, also possess the ability to shape our realities with our words. Proverbs 18 verse 21 reminds us that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what does this mean for us as Christians? It means that our words can either build up or tear down. They can either give life or cause destruction. In the face of challenges, we can choose to speak words of faith, hope, and victory rooted in God's promises. We can choose to declare that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, or that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Speaking such truths into our situations brings our focus back onto God, strengthens our faith, and provides us comfort and reassurance. Yet it's vital to note that speaking into our situations isn't about imposing our will over God's. Instead, it's about aligning our will to His. This isn't a practice of manipulation or trying to force God's hand, but it's about expressing our trust and faith in His promises. We find a perfect example in Jesus Himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, facing the most significant challenge of His earthly life, Jesus prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours, be done. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. In this prayer, Jesus expressed his desire, yet he surrendered to God's will above his own. So when we speak into our situations, we need to do so in a way that acknowledges God's sovereignty. It's all right to express our desires, hopes, and fears to God. In fact, he encourages us to pour out our hearts to him, Psalm 62, verse 8. But we should always do so with a heart of surrender, acknowledging that His ways are higher than ours and that ultimately His will is what we want in our lives. In sum, speaking into our situations is a practice of faith. It's a way to reinforce our trust in God's promises and to actively participate in the outworking of our faith. But let us always remember to do so with a spirit of surrender, recognizing and submitting to God's supreme authority over our lives. That's right. The Word of God is a potent source of strength for every believer. It's more than just a collection of ancient writings. It's the living, breathing Word of God. As Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 tells us, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In the midst of challenges, we can draw strength from God's Word by reading it, meditating on it, and applying it to our lives. The Bible is filled with countless promises that can anchor our faith. For instance, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, where Jesus invites all who are weary and burdened to come to him and find rest. Or Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39, which assures us that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Indeed, God's Word serves as a source of comfort, guidance, and strength in challenging times. It's like a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, guiding us in the way we should go. Psalm 119, 105. One powerful example of a Bible verse we can lean on when overwhelmed is Psalm 46, 1, 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. In this psalm, the author reminds us that God is our refuge, our safe place. He's our strength, our source of power when we're feeling weak. And He's an ever-present help in trouble, always there, ready to help us when we face difficulties. With such assurance, we can confidently say we will not fear, no matter how chaotic our circumstances may seem. As we continue with our discussion today, remember that God's Word isn't just for reading, it's for living. It's meant to be integrated into our daily lives, shaping our thoughts, attitudes, and actions. Living out our faith in the face of challenges can indeed be tough. However, the Bible provides us with practical steps on how to do this. These steps are not just theoretical ideas, but actionable practices that we can incorporate into our daily lives. First, 
we're called to lean into God through prayer and Bible study. Prayer isn't just about talking to God. It's about aligning our hearts with His. It's about acknowledging our dependence on Him and inviting His presence into our circumstances. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7 to tells us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we pray, we express our trust in God's ability to handle our situations. We also gain peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In addition to prayer, immersing ourselves in God's Word, reading it, meditating on it, and applying it, can deepen our understanding of God's character and promises, bolstering our faith in Him. Secondly, we're encouraged to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, just as David did in 1 Samuel 36. David, in the midst of dire circumstances, found strength in the Lord his God. We, too, can find strength in the Lord by reminding ourselves of his faithfulness, speaking his words of promise over our lives, and worshiping him, even in the midst of challenges. Thirdly, seeking the fellowship of other believers is crucial. The Christian journey isn't meant to be a solitary one. We're part of a body, and we're called to support and uplift each other. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25 encourages us not to give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but to encourage one another. Christian fellowship can be a powerful source of strength and encouragement during challenging times. In the fellowship of believers, we can find encouragement, prayer support, practical help, and godly counsel. We can also be reminded that we're not alone in our struggles that others have faced similar challenges and have overcome by God's grace. These steps aren't a magic formula for removing challenges, but they are a means by which we can navigate through them with our faith intact and even strengthened. As we lean into God through prayer and Bible study, encourage ourselves in the Lord and seek the fellowship of other believers, we can find the strength, peace, and wisdom to face any challenge that comes our way. Part of navigating challenges involves understanding the reality of spiritual warfare. Sometimes the battles we face aren't just physical or circumstantial. There's a spiritual aspect to them, a behind-the-scenes struggle that we can't ignore. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, the Apostle Paul reminds us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our real enemy isn't the people or situations that challenge us. It's the spiritual forces of evil that seek to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 As Christians, it's crucial for us to be aware of this spiritual battle and arm ourselves with the full armor of God as outlined in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13-17. to Now, I want you to imagine you're going through a challenging situation at work. You're dealing with a co-worker who seems determined to undermine you at every turn. It's easy to see this co-worker as the enemy, but remember Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. The real battle isn't against your co-worker. There's a spiritual battle going on, and your co-worker is just being used as a pawn. In such a situation, instead of retaliating against your co-worker, what you need is to put on the full armor of God. This means girding your waist with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This means taking up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, putting on the helmet of salvation and taking the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the Word of God. In practical terms, this could mean countering lies with God's truth, choosing to do what's right even when it's hard, and letting the peace that comes from the gospel guide your responses. It could mean leaning on your faith to withstand attacks, relying on the assurance of your salvation, and using God's word to counter the enemy's lies and accusations. Remember, the enemy's primary weapon is deception. He wants to get you believing lies about yourself, about God, and about your situation. But as Jesus demonstrated when he was tempted in the wilderness, the word of God is a powerful weapon for countering the enemy's lies. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. So, dear listener, if you're facing a challenge right now that seems like a spiritual battle, be encouraged. God has not left you defenseless. He has provided you with spiritual armor, and He is with you in the battle. Stand firm, rely on His strength, and keep fighting the good fight of faith. Remember, He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. God's sovereignty is indeed a comforting and vital aspect of our faith, especially in times of hardship. God's sovereignty reminds us that He is in control, even when our circumstances seem chaotic. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 is a beloved verse for many Christians. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. What a reassuring promise this is. Now let's unpack this. This verse does not say that all things that happen are good. We live in a fallen world, after all, where sin, suffering, and injustice are very much a reality. But what this verse does promise is that God can work all things, good, bad, and everything in between, together for our good. So what does this mean for you as a believer going through challenges? It means that you can trust that God is in control, even if you don't understand why you're going through what you're going through. It means that God can bring good out of even the most challenging situation. Imagine you're dealing with the loss of a job. It's undoubtedly a tough situation. And it's perfectly natural to feel a range of emotions, fear, confusion, even anger. But as a believer, you can trust that God is still in control. It doesn't mean that losing your job is a good thing, but it does mean that God can use this situation for good, perhaps to lead you to a better opportunity, to grow you in faith and patience, or to guide you into a new, fulfilling path that you hadn't considered before. The key to holding on to this promise is love for God and a life lived according to His purpose. When we love God and seek to live according to His will, we can trust that He is working everything for our good, molding us, shaping us, and sometimes even breaking us to rebuild us better than before for His glory and our ultimate good. So, no matter the challenges you're facing, be encouraged. God is sovereign. He is in control. He loves you and is working everything for your good. And though we may not always understand His ways, we can trust His heart, a heart that is good, kind, and deeply, profoundly loving. Friends, maintaining a positive mindset amidst challenges is not an easy task, yet it is crucial. And let me clarify, as we delve into this topic, this isn't about plastering a smile on our faces and pretending everything is perfect when it's not. It's not about denying our struggles or the pain we might feel. It's about choosing to center our minds and hearts on God's promises instead of our problems. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul gives us a template for this. He says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So what does this look like practically? 
Well, it means that even when you're in the midst of a storm, you choose to think on the things that align with this template. You focus on the truth of God's love and faithfulness. You ponder on the nobility of God's character. You meditate on the righteousness of His ways. You contemplate the purity of His motives. You admire the beauty of His creation. You celebrate the excellence of His work in your life and the lives of others. You give praise where praise is due. In other words, instead of allowing your mind to be consumed by worry, fear, or despair, you choose to fill it with the good, the noble, the true, and the beautiful that comes from God. By doing so, you'll be able to maintain a hopeful, positive perspective, even amidst challenges. Now, as we close today's episode, I want to encourage you to share this podcast with a friend. You never know what people are going through because they never say. Maybe a word from this podcast will hopefully bring hope in a hopeless situation. Thank you for joining me on this journey today on God Chaser. Keep the faith, keep chasing after God, and until next time, may God richly bless you. Seeking after God is not a one-time event, but a lifelong journey. So continue to press in, chase after his heart, and allow his love and grace to transform you from the inside out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leaving us a review, or sharing it with a friend. would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Until next time, keep chasing after God. And may his peace and presence be with you always.